Hello and welcome to Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located in Fremont, California. It is our prayer that today's broadcast will be a blessing to you. Let us prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord. A young daughter who was trying to uh, keep her senior father up to date with what's going on in the world decided to give him as a gift a a brand new iPad. So she ordered the iPad and she uh, picked out a lovely cover and mailed it to his home. After a day or so, she decided to call to find out how things were gone, and, and, and she said, Dad, did you get the gift that I sent to you? He said, oh, yes, I got the gift. She said, Dad, did you like the gift? Did you like the color? Was it nice? Oh, yeah, it was very good, very good. I'm so thankful for you to send it to me. Thank you so much. It's a wonderful gift. A few weeks later, she, uh, she had an opportunity to visit, and when she walked in the house, she saw her dad using the iPad as a cutting board as he chopped up his vegetables. (laughs) And then in horror, she she watched him rinse it in the sink and then put it in the dishwasher. (laughs) On another occasion, it was a, a wealthy man who was determined to give his mother a birthday present that would outshine all of his siblings. And so he hunted around for the right gift and he read about this bird that had the capacity of, of being able to speak 4,000 words and also could speak in numerous languages and could even sing three operatic songs. And so she, he bought this for his mother. He paid $50,000 for this very unusual bird and had it delivered to his mother's house. Next day, he phoned to find out if she had received the gift and whether or not she liked the bird. And she said, oh, yeah, thank you so much. I, it was so delicious. I really <laughs> appreciate it. As, as funny... As funny as, as these two stories may be, they, they ring with a kind of hollow sadness. Because in real life, when you see something that is valuable, not used to fulfill its intended purpose, or being used contrary to its intended purpose. It's, it's kind of a disheartening demonstration of a very sad reality. Equally as sad today is to see so many people who know and love God just drifting through life, just drifting as though they had no clue as to why they were here on this planet. What was the purpose for them being on this earth? 
In Romans chapter 8, and the very familiar verse 28 of this great epistle, Paul says, and, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. And usually that's the part of this text that we get the most excited about. God is working through everything for our good. What's usually not emphasized as much is the latter part of that text. Who have been called according to his purpose. 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 Is there a purpose for your presence in this world? Is there a purpose for your existence on this planet? Do you know why you are here? Do you have a clue as to what is the purpose for you being on this planet? Somebody said that the two best days of your life is the day you were born and the day you discover why. We don't often think about why am I here? When we don't know why we are here, we're, we're like Alice in the fairy tale, Alice in Wonderland, who in a conversation between her and the Chesuket, when she asked the cat, would you tell me please which way I ought to go from here? And the cat responded, that, that depends on where you want to get to. And Alice replied, I, I don't much care where to which the cat answered then it doesn't matter which way you go if our purpose is not clear if 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 our reason for being here is not clear then does it really matter that we're here if we don't know why we here why we're here then what we do and what way we go really doesn't have much reason. I say that you and I are here by the Creator's desire. The fact is, none of us asked to come into this world. Somebody besides us made that decision for us. We didn't ask. We didn't vote, we didn't volunteer, but sometimes we get so busy that we forget that there's got to be a, a reason for me being here. It's got to be a purpose for me being here. Somebody with more power than we have sent us into this world. And the question is, why? Why? A lot of people in our society today kind of act as though they are in control of their own destiny. God has his own way of letting us know that in reality, this is his world. He made it. 
He runs it. He's in charge. Every time we have a hurricane like we've just experienced or a flood and we look at our planet, we realize we don't have control over nothing that happens here. Even though we may think we do, we really. This is not our world. We are here as guests. But we're here for a reason. God did not have to create human beings. He has no need that we human beings can meet. There's nothing that we have that God needs. But he chooses or he chose to create us. Knowing, knowing that we would bring sin to the planet. Knowing the sacrifice that would be required to restore us after we had sinned. And yet he concluded that we were worth it. We were worth what it was going to cost him to have us here. And so he made Adam. And it's clear that he had a purpose in mind when he made Adam. One was obvious that he, he made Adam to have a relationship with him, which he, he demonstrated by seeking fellowship with Adam every day. Scripture says he, he came down into the garden where he had placed Adam for fellowship. He kept coming night after night. In the cool of the evening, he came. But he also gave Adam something to do that would benefit the creation. He gave him a garden, told him to take care of it, made him ruler over the earth and the animals and so forth. So there was a purpose, a purpose for Adam. Theologians have been saying over the over centuries that the purpose of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. If I could take a side road for a moment, I would ask, do you, do you enjoy God? Is your relationship with God one that you enjoy? If our purpose is, is to enjoy God, do we enjoy God? But the first part of, of that, of that uh, familiar phrase is that we are to glorify him. Glorify means to give God the worship and reverence which are his due. And I, I, I think that Matthew uh, 5, 16 puts a little flesh on that when it says, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Interestingly, Interestingly to me that that scripture makes a connection between others, good works, and God being glorified. That's another sermon all by itself. But the issue I want to raise this morning is, is not God's purpose for humankind. But what is God's purpose for you? Please understand what I'm talking about today is not your job. And I'm not talking about your responsibilities or your goals, but the real reason you are here, why you exist. It's my conviction that, if it, that you and I are here to discover and live out that purpose. Discover it and live it. 
Ephesians chapter 2 and, and verse 10 says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God's purpose for your life is far greater than personal fulfillment. That God's purpose for you being on this planet is more than just your peace of mind. That God's purpose for you being here is more than your personal happiness. More than you just surviving. More than you just going week to week, month to month. It's got to be more to life than that. A lot of people have difficulty finding their purpose because they, they, they begin the search in the wrong place. They start with me. The search is self-centered. It's, it's uh, what do I do with my life? What do I want to do with my life? What are my dreams? What are my goals? And so they, they start at the wrong place and they go through life living many, many years, never discovering their purpose because they never started in the right place. Job says, in chapter 12 and verse 10, it is God who directs the lives of his creatures. Everyone's life is in his power. And so I would argue that the easiest way to discover one's purpose is to ask the one who made you. It would seem to me that the one who created you would know what his purpose was for creating you. Because God is not only the starting point of, of your life, he is the source and sustainer of your life. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11 says, it, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eyes on us, had designs on us for his glorious, live, for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and in everyone. In other words, our purpose evolves from our relationship with Christ. And that God already had thought out our purpose before we ever thought about him. He already had a plan for us. And that starts with a relationship with him. You may choose your career. You may choose your spouse. You may choose your hobbies. And there are many other parts of your life. But you don't get to choose your purpose. Because your purpose fits into a much larger cosmic purpose that God himself has designed for all eternity. God has designed a purpose for you. So let me, let me suggest three, three questions that you might want to ask yourself to begin the, 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 the process of uncovering God's purpose for your life. And so I want to make this very practical and very simple. How can I find out what God's purpose is for me being on this planet? And I would say that the first question you, you might want to ask is, 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 what do I love? What do I love? What do, you, what do you love so much you would do it for free? 
What, what do you love so much that, that whenever you do it, it just makes you feel good? What is it that you love so much it makes you forget about time? It just excites you. It, it energizes you. We call it passion. What's your passion? God, God gives us a passion for something he cares about deeply so we can be a spokesperson for him about that in the world. It may be a passion about a problem, a purpose, a principle, group of people. Whatever it is, you, 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 you feel it. You're, you feel compelled to speak about it or, or to do something about it, to, to make a difference with it. It's just a passion for you. God gives some people a, a, a godly passion to champion a cause, to, to uh, sometimes uh, address a problem that they see among a family member or, or, uh, or a friend or something that they've experienced, like abuse, like addiction, like depression, like a disease or some other difficulty. God, God gives some people just a passion for that. Sometimes God gives people a passion to speak up for other people who can't speak for themselves. Sometimes there's, there's a, a passion for those who are persecuted or, or the poor or the, the imprisoned or the, the mistreated or the disadvantaged or, or those who are denied justice. It's just something that just burns inside. It's a passion. He may give you a passion to strengthen families or, or to train leaders or to reach a group of people like businessmen or teenagers or, or foreign exchange students or young mothers or, or some people in a hobby or a sport. But there's something that's alive in you. God gives us different passions so that everything he wants to be done in the world will get done. And so we don't expect other people to have the same passion that we have. And we don't get mad with other people because they don't share the same energy or fire about what we do. And we listen to one another because all of us have something different that God has placed there because that's what he wants us to to address. My argument is your, your, your passion is telling you something about your purpose. I don't, I, don't, I don't think God would give you a purpose that's at war with your passion. That he would give you a passion that fits your purpose. Because if you have no passion for it, then it will never become a vital, meaningful expression in your life. So what do you love? What do you love? What burns in you? Something burned in you when you were five, six, and seven. And for some of us, somebody took that away from us. Maybe it was a, a parent or an aunt or an uncle who, when you shared what was burning inside of you, they told you that could never be. And you squashed it. You lost it. And all of life, you've been going through doing what needs to be done, but you haven't discovered or set loose or set free with your passion. What do you love? 
Second question I think we could ask ourselves is, is what am I good at? Because your gifts and your, art and your talents are telling you what you're supposed to be doing with the life that God's given to you. God has chosen, custom designed the gifts and talents. The blending of your gifts and talents are uniquely yours. Nobody else has that blend but you. He has outfitted you to accomplish his unique purpose for you while you're in this world. Your gifts and your talents help you understand what is not your purpose. Because your your gifts and talents tell you, I can or cannot do that. If I cannot do that, can't be my purpose for being here. My purpose has got to in some way fit the gifts and talents that God has uniquely woven together along with my personality. Put that together for me. If God gives you a hammer, he wants you to drive nails, not cut boards. If he wanted you to cut boards, he would have given you a saw rather than a hammer. What are you good at? Now, my this thing about what you're good at is it just flows out of you. What you're good at just happens naturally. People look at awe at the way in which you do something and you're doing it and you don't even stop to think of how good you are at that. You just do it. It just flows. That God's given you that. That's telling you something about your purpose in this world. What God has called you to do, he has gifted you to do. And what he has gifted you to do, he has called you to do. So what do I love? What am I good at? And the third question would be this. What, what, what does the world need? What does the world need? God created a world. Sin has got it off kilter. God births people into the world, calls them to himself, forms out of them a family, a community, a kingdom, Sends them back into the world. For what? He sends us back into the world because the world has needs. So what do I love? What am I good at? But what are the needs that exist in the world? My purpose is to address. Well, I'll let my video preach this part of the sermon. Did you run that for me, brother? This is America's opportunity to help bridge the gulf between the haves and the have-nots. The question is whether America will do it. There's nothing new about poverty. What is new is that we now have the techniques and the resources to get rid of poverty. The real question is whether 
We have the wheel. That's the question facing America today.
So I, I, I think your, your, your purpose has to do with what you like, what you can do, and other people. You know, I, 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 I think we... 
I think we 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 forget that 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 God is responsible for taking care of us. He's responsible for feeding us and clothing us and being our shepherd. He he said that. That's his job. What he asks us to do is to join him in fulfilling our purpose in this world. And I can't help but believe that that's got something to do with helping and serving people. And I know we we look at that video I showed you and uh, it, it just rings it rings your heart right out of you. And we, we think, well, that's the way it is over in those two-thirds world. But that wasn't just my point. It's not just a two-thirds world. They live next door. They live down the street. You work alongside of them. There are people who God has sent you to address their needs. And we have to forget ourselves long enough to make ourselves available to God to be used for our purpose. You're going to eat. You're going to eat. You're going to have a roof over your head. God promised that you're going to get that. But are you willing to give yourself away to serve others? Can I be so bold as to say, that's why you're here. That's why you're part of the kingdom. That you might address the needs of our world. So I'm finished. So I want to know before I go if there's anybody else here that kind of feels like I do and Maybe you'd like to come down and before we go, we could pray together. Just say, yeah, I want to know my purpose and I want to serve God with my life. And I don't want to just live for myself. And it's bigger than church and it's, it's bigger than just coming to worship for an hour or two. It's, it's much more than that. And I want God to just show me. Show me my purpose and then help me live it out. Next week, I'm, I'm going to try to work out the next step because what happens after, after I, I know that? What do I do next? I don't know. I'll tell you next Sunday. I've got to work on that a little bit. But for right now, will you start with that? Is there anybody who wants to slip out and come on down and say, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I want to commit myself anew to God and say, show me. Show me, show me, show me. You know, it's got nothing to do with how old you are. Because your your purpose doesn't change as you get older. If you're still breathing, that means you're still here. And if you're still here, there's a reason for you still being here. I ought to know. I'm almost 80. I'll be 80 in December. So I've lived longer than most of you. And I'll tell you, I'm just getting wound up. I'm, I'm, my soul is a fire. It's something. 
God wants to do with you. So, Father, I, I pray as we, we gather together around this symbolic altar, it's our, it's our way of just coming and saying, here we are. We want to fulfill your purpose. It's not clear to all of us what it is. But whatever it is, we want to do it. We want to hear you say, well done. We want to, we want to find that exciting joy of knowing that the reason I'm on this planet, I'm, I'm fulfilling that reason. And that everything else is in your hands. And I'm resting in that. And so I pray for each person that's here. God, give us a fresh anointing, whatever that is. Give us new revelation, whatever it means. Give us new courage, new confidence, new faith that just trusts. And then give us the capacity to just surrender. And walk with you even though we don't know where you're going. And just use our lives to touch others and make a difference. Let our families and our spouses and our kids and those who know us be able to say about us we made a difference. We touched some life, it's better. Because you work through us. And so we give ourselves away to you afresh today. And we just ask you to have your way. In the powerful name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. I, I think we're done. Where's the people in charge? Are we done? Thank you for joining us for this installment of Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church, located at 47385 Warm Springs Boulevard, Fremont, California. We can be found on the web at www.sobcc.org. We'd like to take a moment to invite you to come and join us in person for one of our dynamic Sunday morning worship services. Services begin at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. each Sunday, and we would be so blessed to have you come worship with us. We'd also love to hear from you a word about how this ministry is helping you renew your mind for the glory of Jesus Christ. So please contact us, and we pray God's blessings over you the rest of this day. God bless.